1: You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and this is the H&J
2: Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, we were joined by uh, Strictly's Len Goodman, who uh, talked a bit of football, plus uh, lots more. Andy Zortzman, cricket expert and comedian, also joined us. Uh, We had more from Steve Bruce's striker. and We had some old clips back in uh, 2006 around the World Cup in Germany that we'd uh, unearthed. Plus, the moose was back uh, with uh, his quiz. So, uh, here it all is. (laughs) Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon and... Good afternoon, Paul, and one of the other
3: stories the tabloids have got there are about McDonald's reopening yeah. in quite a big way, uh, and uh, they created a mile-long queue as the chain reopened 160 drive throughs but I love this one, one eager eater camped overnight for burger and fries in Gosport, Hans, although that branch actually stayed closed. <laughs> <laughs> oh well
2: done, mate! Brilliant. You think you might have checked before he bothered to camp out all night? You going to eat tomorrow? Uh, or whatever, didn't I? It's interesting. You saw the picture of the guy that made himself a little cardboard car because he fancied the <laughs> yeah. McDonald's and he, he <laughs> pretended to sort of walk Drive up through. And they, they wouldn't serve him. We did. We were once in on, on a gentleman's jolly in Barcelona, and uh, it was about sort of three in the morning, and it was this twenty-four-hour McDonald's, and we, nobody had a car. So one of the boys tried that. He kind of went up to the window, making various <laughs> car sound effects. I think including crunching gears. And he's saying, sorry, mate, the gears, gearbox is a bit dodgy. But uh, no, they weren't having that either. A mime. They, don't they accept a mime, they don't accept a mime of a car.
3: I don't understand why they won't serve you walking through. What's the, what's the problem with well, that? They, I don't well, see they, why they wouldn't. Well, I don't. I suppose it might hold did. things it's up. I suppose I don't. But know.
2: clues in the name, drive, driving. They close. They close <laughs> yeah. the branches, and you have to. I don't know. It does feel a bit petty, Andy. I'm sure there's a reason for it.
3: I thought I knew everything I needed to know about Nigel Ben, but I didn't realise that he uh, used to be a Woolworth security guard before he became a, a championship boxer. Nice. And I uh, know uh, the Dark Destroyer took the post working 15 hour shi- shifts, and that was close. <laughs> that was shifts. Close. <laughs> you know, it was. To protect pick and mix sweets after serving four and a half years in the army. We used to call it pick and nick in the old days when I was young. You know. Pick and what? You, you basically, you're basically a bit into thieving, are you? Well, help yourself. No, not me personally. I witnessed it. Oh yeah, (laughs) it's a bit late for that. We used to call it. I think the the statute, the statute of limitations, may well have run out. And also, I think (laughs) Walworths have gone out of business. But apart
2: from that, well, I think they exist in some parts of the world. Maybe old man Walworths. he will come after you. Now, do you remember yesterday I was telling you about
3: this uh, famous uh, composer and musician, Percy Granger? Yeah. Uh, there's a correspondence in the Times. He had this ability to throw a cricket ball over his roof, run through the garden, and mm. catch it before it hit the ground. We were sceptical, but- weren't we? We were, but apparently uh, it revived wonderful memories for one uh, writer to the Times today of Ken Russell's film Song of Summer. A wheelchair-bound Frederick Delius is talking to Percy Granger when Granger throws the ball over the house, grabs the wheelchair and at breakneck speed races through the house to catch the ball on the other side all to the accompaniment in an English country garden. And he, he what? Did he, did he tip the bloke out of the wheelchair and get in his wheelchair did, and did drive did through did. the. Ah, <laughs> that's it, bloke's lying get in on. the gravel.
2: That's not good, is it? None or of this Fred, can be true. Old Fred am <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't think any of it's true, I really no, it don't. it sounds but, a bit uh, apocryphal.
2: There was no YouTube <laughs> then. There should, maybe there should be a sort of ancient YouTube. Maybe there's some, there's some old footage sitting around a somewhere good ancient that U, Ancient
3: YouTube. Ancient YouTube. Uh, Adidas, do you see this? So they've scrapped the uh, £20 million sponsorship deal for Mesut Ozil.
2: Oh, I wonder why. Well, he's why. denying that apparently, isn't he? And he Is he? That's not true. Yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, said, well, it was such good value for money. I can't understand why they wouldn't want to keep it going.
2: <laughs> yeah, tremendous. <fair> anyway, <laughs> giant potato. Here we go. Oh yeah, go on, um, then, mate. We brought you Britain's largest sausage roll yesterday. This seems the perfect place for a giant potato. Jessie Lynn, 30, went shopping, opened a big bag of spuds, and found a potato uh, bigger than her head. I mean, she hasn't got a yeah. particularly small head. She hasn't got a particularly big head, Jesse, if you're listening. It's an average size. What about head.
3: Joe, Joe Jersey Royal? He's got quite a big head. <laughs> he's, he's, oh, that's very good.
2: That's oh, very good. So, Jesse <laughs> looked in the bag. It's 8.5 inches and weighs two pounds. Uh, so, mm. this is, as you said, the, they can't use the word potato again uh, in the sun. So, they then say the Titanic tuber um, <laughs> terrified her cat, Styles, who is scared it might jump at it. It won't, Styles. It's a potato. Um. Exactly. Uh, she was making tea the other night when the colossal carbohydrate, oh this is good stuff isn't it, uh, That's emerged from it? her shopping bag. <laughs> I was shocked, she said. That cannot be a potato, no way. Well it came from a bag of potatoes, it looks like a potato, <laughs> albeit bigger than average but it is indeed a potato. Um, I, think she ever I said then that. held it against my head. Uh, why would you is do it? that? It made my <laughs> wrist mistake. Well put it down then. Um, I, show, I show pictures to my friends, they think I've gone bonkers. Well Jesse, they've got a point. Um, I showed my fiance and he always yeah. comes out with one-liners her fiancé said that uh, it's not real it's potato shopped yeah, I wouldn't open with it mate but it's not bad um, <laughs> that's not better than so, mine <laughs> yeah, it does sound, save that for the birthday spread I but, will uh, yes I've got Sadie, about 13 for tomorrow Sadio dog, oh, yeah. dog just wants to eat it apparently but stars won't go near it the cat as we know and mm. she's not sure what to do with it well I'd Cook it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. There we are. A fantastic diversion there amongst all the what, very serious what? things going on in the world.
3: Well, that's very true. We, we all need diversions. My diversion, of course, has been uh, table tennis during the lockdown, uh, playing yeah. with my wife, attempting to each day pass the, the record score that we've achieved. And uh, yesterday we had a, quite a poor uh, session. And uh, I noticed the balls were very, very, they're sort of as We've been hitting these balls. We've only got three. and We've been hitting them back and forth to each other for 12 weeks now. Thousands and thousands of shots yeah and I think like any sports ball like a tennis ball or a cricket ball they get a bit worn out so I've ordered some new ones I've ordered mm. I've ordered I've ordered some professional like really zingy one. I've ordered one lot from Japan which apparently I've been advised by somebody on Instagram they're too quick they're professional balls that so you won't be able to get anywhere near them oh really <laughs> or and another one I've ordered. so basically I ended up over ordering I've got 13 coming for the weekend
2: 13 so, uh, table tennis yeah.
3: uh, balls so okay. the second wave will be alright but I don't think I'm going to need 13 table tennis balls
2: have any flown out the window at all Andy have any sort of has any gone into no. the street no, no, no. no wild shots it's a very controlled <laughs> way you play well, it's very it's, it's controlled very, yeah, it is it's very, very controlled it is very forest Gump the
1: Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast
2: Yes, time for uh, the Mooses uh, program-related quiz, uh, Golden Years. He joins us around this time uh, every Thursday. He's going to give us some clues. And we have to try and guess the year based on those clues. Good afternoon, Ian. Good afternoon. How are you doing? So, uh, okay, and take it away. Let's have um, let's have the programs. Give us the first one.
4: Yes, I've also got loads of programs. I go through them and, and I thought it would be fun for you to try and you know, pick the year. I don't think these are very easy. But uh, I'll say that right at the beginning. Although I think Andy should get the first one. It's a Chelsea program Ooh, from yeah. a game against Wolverhampton Wanderers.
0: Right. Okay, yeah. So yes. you're picking
4: the. So mm. I open up the program, but am on the front cover is Peter Bonetti. He broke oh. his, his hand or something, so uh, that's why his hands in a cast on the on the front page. Inside it right. says right. congratulations to Bobby Tambling on another England right. Under 23 selection in Wednesday Oof. night's game against Scotland at Newcastle. This is an old one. Yeah. It says says victory at Spurs put us, obviously, Chelsea, right back in business after the cup disappointment of the previous week at Huddersfield um, and couldn't come at a better time. And if you turn the page over, it's got the goals from the the game where Bobby Tambling scored twice and Jimmy Greaves has scored for Spurs. And it says here, it's got the table. It says, look, we're top with Chelsea on top. But then right at the bottom, it says, before our players start asking for their first place bonus money, we must point out that this table is based on the last four home and away games only. And actually, Chelsea were seventh in the table at the time. Tottenham were top. Um, and they were six points behind. Um, I'll give you some of the players just to give you an idea of the, uh, before wow. we get on to the, um, the uh, to players from both teams. Chelsea then obviously had uh, Bobby Tambling in their side, because I mentioned him a few times. Ron Harris, Terry Venables, um, Eddie McCreary. Um McCready rather and then for Wolverhampton Wanderers, Davis was in goal for them. They had a front five as well. Wharton Crow Crawford Broadbent and I hope you say his name right, because this would be great for Andy in one of his comic um gags. La Flemme.
2: Ellie
3: he wouldn't be allowed to play now, there's no spitting.
2: No, that's true, yeah. How <laughs> are you spelling him L <laughs> E and
4: then yeah. second second name second part of the surname? F L E M Le Flemme.
2: Lef- i imagine L-E-M. he'd call himself Flem, wouldn't he, if I would. I don't know if I'd call myself Le Flem. <laughs> Flem. He, was the, he was the
4: outside <laughs> left. The program cost the program cost sixpence, and this was a song that was prominent in the charts this particular year.
3: Oh. Oh. Still like that one at the Palace. They certainly yeah, they do. Still do.
2: Wow, what year is that? Really I am going to
3: say I'm going 1965.
2: I think it might even be a bit earlier than that. Um, yeah. Um, I'll go 64. Moose. The game
4: Chelsea against Wolves at Stamford Bridge was played on Saturday, the 8th of February.
2: 1964 correct oh, oh. whoa that was close i was going to say 63 <laughs> well <And> done his, <laughs> his name I, I i just looked up i gone uh, i just looked up Flem, um and uh, <laughs> his name was his name was dick leflem i wasn't the he wasn't a leflem it was Le Flemme. that was two separate words dick Flemme. dick Flemme. Yeah. yeah, he also played most of his career for Forest, according to Wikipedia, so there we are.
4: I, I, I do like the fact, by the way, obviously these old programmes told you what about the referee. The referee was David Smith, just very quickly. Um, it says here, it goes about how he played in the Western League football. He said, by occupation, Mr. Smith is an overhead power linesman his hobby, train spotting. You could combine the two then, couldn't these work? <laughs> <nice>? <laughs> he can, he an,
2: an overhead power <laughs> linesman. So he was a linesman That's for the county. That's fantastic. Oh, That's marvelous. Marvelous. <laughs> good. That was good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that the was, second one. It was quite difficult. Yeah, go on then.
4: Yeah, the sec- second one is, is more modern, but, but mm. I think equally as difficult. It's a program from Adam's Park, Wickham Wanderers yeah. against West Ham United. Now, right. I mean, Obviously, you have to work out that it's not a league game. <laughs> I mean, I'm, well, I'm not really giving the much away. The way in West Ham have over the years. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> we, we can, but so, hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop it. Um, I'll, get, I'll give you a selection of some of the players from both sides. In, in the yeah. West Ham team, uh, or the West Ham squad, you had the likes of Alvin Martin, Julian Dix. That's not really giving much away, because both have been at the club pretty much forever. Jerome Burra matthew rush and mark reaper um and for wickham um, they had some pretty pretty uh, important stalwarts like keith ryan terry evans dave carroll but they also had up front cyril regis wow. um, so, that wickham. Wickham. That might be- that so was this wickham. has got to be
3: after it, it, i would imagine
4: yeah so in in inside there's, there's loads of adverts there's a looking ahead to a members' day, whereby, amongst other things, you can bring an adult for free. It does say, can you try and bring someone who hasn't been to the ground before? So, obviously, they don't want you just to bring your dad just so he gets a freebie. And the league they were in was the Ensley Insurance League Division 2. Right. Birmingham were top. That'll Mm. please dance. Uh, And teams that were below Wickham in this league at the time, uh, which was the bottom league, I suspect, of English football at the time, teams below them, Brighton and Hove Albion, who, uh midway down the table and second bottom only Chester below them AFC Bournemouth how life has changed for those two clubs this song was out was released in this year I'm the kind of the little homies wanna be like on my
1: knees yeah.
2: in the night prayers in the street oh, wow <laughs> I'm trying to think. Okay, well, I should kick this one off, shouldn't I? Um, I wrote
3: I wrote a jingle for Ensley Insurance. Did I you really? Did you? Yeah. Ensley, a better deal. That's how it was, yeah. Well, <laughs> it was quite, it was was quite complicated. <laughs> yeah, it <was>. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, then. It didn't
4: write well, anything then,
3: did it? Yeah. No, no, it was like a little sting sort we'll of We'll all thing, be yeah. singing it tonight.
2: Ensley, <laughs> a better deal.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: uh, wasn't much of a
3: jingle. It took him hours I, sitting around the piano. I'm sort of, re- boss, I'm sort of regretting boss, mentioning that
4: now. Yeah, <laughs> the bo- yeah. boss, Paul, the boss right
2: up and said, how are you getting on with that jingle? I'll be finished in an hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> better <of> deal. <laughs> so, um, anyway. I'd say... Uh, this is tricky. Uh, um, it was at the end, I'm just thinking, Cyril, it's big Cyril at the end of his career, that must have been about mid N- mid-90s. It's be mid-80s. Oh, I no, early. no, it's later than that. I think it's later than that. It's not 80s. I could be wrong. I'd go, oh, yeah, I'm going to have yeah. a guess. I'm going to go 1994, Please, Andy, what do you think? I'm going later. I'm going 1989. Oh, you're going earlier then. I've gone 1994. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, okay. sorry. yeah. yeah. <laughs> going late. later <laughs> I than I was going to go. You're going 89, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so uh, Wickham,
4: Wickham against West wrong. Ham. Adams Park. Third round of the FA Cup. Three o'clock. I didn't tell you how much the program cost. It was pound fifty. Not that it made that much difference. Saturday, the 7th of January, 1995. Pull your Ooh, one year um, out. Whoa.
3: And, I was way a little there. bit
2: further. But What's you going to say? was on
4: the jingle at the time.
2: Yeah. I was Yeah. good stuff uh, Moose lovely we'll catch up with you next week thanks very much for doing thanks, that Ian. absolutely
1: take care boys the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport joining us now to talk a bit of
2: West Ham a bit of cricket and life
1: during lockdown and more is Strictly's very own Len Goodman
2: good afternoon Len oh, hey how are you yeah we're good thank you we're not too bad first I was going to ask you about um, about how you've been coping yourself during lockdown you've been busy by the sound from
5: what I read you've been getting a, you've been getting a lot lot done I have. You know, I was concerned about this. I thought, first thing, me and my wife, as soon as it's over, we'll be getting a divorce. But no, we've (laughs) got along fine. I've been out in the garden. I've never done vegetables, ever. Well, I don't really do much gardening. But I've been – we've got lettuces. We've got radishes. We've got tomatoes coming along, runner beans. Honestly, it's like a little kitchen garden down there. And we've been eating lots of salads because that's what we've got a lot of. And – when we're not doing that, we're playing a bit of Scrabble or um, jigsaws we've been doing, sorting out the spring cleaning in the house. I tell you, it's just flown by every day. It gets down to 7 o'clock. I say, where's the day gone? I've painted <laughs> everything in my garden. If if it don't move, it's getting painted. And then I thought, well, why limit myself? I'm going to start anything that moves now. If a pigeon goes by, it's going to get a bit of creosote. <laughs> Good stuff.
2: Uh, Also, uh, 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 as as
5: I say, I feel I feel terrible for, you know, there's lots of people in far worse situations than me, you know, haven't got any outside space and so on. And of course, gradually now it it is easing up a little bit. You can start to go out. You can go in the park and so on. So let's hope things gradually get better and better and we don't get any, you know, second wave of this terrible disease and uh, virus that's. About indeed, no, definitely. We were talking, yeah,
3: good now. Present get in here. We were talking about the number of cricketers that have done well and strictly over the years. And have you ever thought
5: why that might be? I don't know. And you know, in the American show, it's American footballers, three American footballers, great big lumps, they've won it. I don't know. Funnily enough I was up At my golf club Yesterday I didn't actually see him But one of my mates said Guess who's on the practice round uh, Mark Ramprakash. Oh. He was up there Hitting a few balls So um, Yeah I don't know why it is Whether it's something to do With timing Or coaching or, or, or You know Boxers Who you think Lovely They're light They're nimble You know They're used to skipping And moving All been terrible Yeah Not been <laughs> one boxer even in America, they had Sugar Leonard. You think, wow, he's going to be fantastic. No, none of really? them. Strange, none of those have been it. A...
2: Can, can you tell brilliant. them from the Super. first? Can you tell from the first? I mean, like in saying Darren Goff's case, who's, who's up on Talk Sport later on, can you tell from the first dance you think, yeah, he's got something there? Or, or do, do you no. watch them develop? You can't tell from the first dance,
5: no? No, especially with Goffey. I thought right. he had absolutely no chance, you know. But <laughs> it was amazing. A, what's amazing about that show is they gradually get better and better. You know, mm. they get the gist of it and they start to get better. By the end, old Goffy was, was 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 terrific. I thought he 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 won it and he deserved to win it. He was really mm. good. So it is a weird, weird thing. Yeah, it's strange, isn't who it? Who knows? Mm. Wow. Well, who
2: knows? Are you, look, are you looking forward to? It? Yeah, that's right. You can never tell. Can you looking forward to the football coming
5: back, Len? Uh, Premier League football? Half and half. Half and half. Right. I'm a bit concerned about West Ham. I was hoping they were going to cancel it and West Ham stay up naturally. But, you know, they're lurking <laughs> yes. down the bottom there. <laughs> I had another wonderful idea. I thought, well, if they do stop it, why don't they just freeze it and then it all carries on next season from where you are. So Liverpool at top of the Premier League and so on and see what happens. It's like a double whammy. Yeah. That was my other brilliant idea. But if it's coming <laughs> back, it's coming back. I I, I like Klopp. Yeah, that's the only reason I really like, I like Liverpool, is because I like Klopp. Yeah. I know he makes me laugh. So I hope, you know, and they've had a wonderful season. So I hope they win. My only concern with that and all this self-isolation and business is if they do win it and they suddenly have a bus trip round, round Liverpool, it, it, they'll be mobbed. So, you know... But West Ham, oh, I don't know. I don't like it. I wish there were about five places higher up. But they're not, yeah. and that's that. No, a bit, bit nerve-wracking. It is nerve-wracking. Do you yeah, reckon yeah. they're going to stay up? You're like a pundits and experts. Well, What do yeah. you reckon? We are talking to a Tottenham and Chelsea
2: fan here, so um I think I think it'll right. be a
3: bit like I think it'll be a bit like the start of the season, Len. You've got all your players back. West Ham yeah. made quite a decent start, didn't they? Till they sort of suddenly that hit the sort of block. So I've I've got a feeling they'll be all right. And I've got to ask you this really, I shouldn't really But is your favourite player Andre Yarmolenko? because he wears seven sorry <laughs> I had to do that. Seven Of course he is, always. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I've
5: always liked the number stuff. seven players. Yes, seven. Go on, my son. <laughs> yes,
2: yeah. and, and finally, uh, Len. I I my my aunt maintains because she's done a bit of family tree uh, and she watched your Who do you think you are? Which has kind of com, uh, compounded it. I think we're distantly related via the Eldridges. Uh, 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 oh, the Eldridge. That yeah, was I, my mum's maiden name. Yeah. Well, my, we had, uh, we, I think through them uh, name, uh, uh, we're yeah we're related to sort of Bethnal Green Hackney part of my family which is your yeah. part of the world.
5: Yeah. So, my so, uh, my uh my family had two greengrocers shops along Bethnal Green Road, Eldridge, Eldridge brothers.
2: Yeah. What about that. So, so uh, uh, yeah, Eldridge. and I think we're related to David Beckham as well. The pair of us if that's the case, we we feed into the Beckhams through the Eldridges. So
5: we should get those begging letters you ready that's for David. I've got my footballing talent. I think <laughs> that's, that's where I was. <laughs>
2: that's
5: where it that was. footwork Well, <laughs> I haven't. My mum's got a cut in, or she did have. Goodman sinks the Navy. I scored three against Chatham Dockyard.
2: If it wasn't for dancing, <laughs> anyway, you, you maybe could have played for England.
5: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. No. <laughs> <Because> I told <laughs> Dartford and couldn't get in, so I don't <laughs> think <it was.
2: laughs> yeah. good stuff. Look after yourself, Len.
5: Lovely to talk to you. Thanks yeah. very much. Thanks, Len. No, listen, don't worry about don't worry about looking after me. You look after the old people in this world. Make we sure will. they're safe and make sure they, they know what to do with their energy bills.
2: Good stuff. Will do. That's why I'm looking Thanks, after Len. Andy after all these years. It's very true. Yeah, pop around and see him. Anyway, there we are. (laughs) Thank thank Goodman there. The
1: Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door.
1: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're going to talk a bit of cricket now, amongst other things,
2: with the uh, comedian and uh, cricket expert. There's no other way of putting it. Uh, a voice, of course, uh, on TMS, whatever that is. Cricket tragic, some might say. <laughs> it is, yeah, comedian Andy Zortzman. Good afternoon, Andy. H- hello.
7: Tra- tragic is entirely, uh, entirely appropriate. I'm uh, yeah. happy with that, maybe. <laughs> And me it too it, it
3: applies doesn't it to people who absolutely love cricket would love to be brilliant at it but aren't quite
7: yes yeah i'm i'm essentially a test match opening batsman trapped <laughs> in an incompetent village cricketer's body
2: <laughs> well i mean you know you're a man that feeds off of stats that is your lifeblood in the world of cricket and there's no cricket <laughs> being played so it must be it must be because you yes. can't make them up can you no, you can no go stats. through old ones, but you can't make up new ones.
7: No, there are no, there are no. It's been it's been horrible for, sta- for you know, sports statisticians. No, no new stats. I mean, there's always you know hidden victims in these these uh, social disasters. But I mean, there no no. There's no government scheme to provide just made up sports statistics for people like me. I be, we've been forgotten about. Your um, your fellow
3: statistician, of course, uh, Benedict from Sky, he has been working, hasn't he? He's come up with this. I don't know if you know how he does it, but he has these sort of test matches, these virtual test matches, where he puts all the stats into a computer. Is that actually possible? Does it work? Is it accurate? Do you think?
7: Well, um, I'm not quite sure how he's uh, how he's done that, but I'd, I'd imagine you know, you could you know create a program that would you know generate possible outcomes for each ball and so which is essentially what what cricket is so um uh yeah i can uh, i can i mean it's not quite the same as the real thing is it but in these times we cling to whatever we can
3: <laughs> i don't mind
7: it actually <laughs>
3: but it is kind of pointless speculation in the end but it's still a bit of fun
2: yeah have you yeah. been watching lots of old cricket andy have you been wallowing nostalgia like everybody else has
7: I am um, at the start of lockdown I was um, absolutely hammering vintage footage on uh, on YouTube but it, it almost became t- too poignant and it made me maybe me miss actual sport even more so I've uh, I've rationed myself since then so just a couple of bits of old 1930s black and white Pathé news footage uh, a week or so <laughs>
3: <laughs> I like those old Pathé bits oh, of classic. cricket You, the way they're cut the way they're cut is incredible because somehow you get these close-ups where you think well there's no way a cameraman could have got that close they sort of cut them in afterwards don't they they really yeah, are yeah.
7: quite peculiar yes and uh, also I mean the way it's filmed it does make you think well oh, I reckon I could have I could have got away with it in Test cricket in the 1920s.
1: <laughs>
7: not in bodyline you couldn't. I don't think. <laughs> no, You're... no. I'm not saying I could have done, but it sort of looks the way it's filled. <laughs> you know, maybe. Yeah,
2: your yeah, two yeah. worlds collided in the in the um, House of Commons. Sorry, in the Number 10 Garden with Dominic Cummins because. One of the best uh, captions to come off of the picture of him sitting at that pasting table in his white shirt mm. was, uh, Bowler's name, please. A bowler's name, please. Thank it's you. perfect. Uh, absolutely <laughs> it's, it's perfect. It's exactly <laughs> what it looked like, wasn't it? When the, the first time I saw that caption, I thought, yeah, that is absolutely spot on. It's the time-honoured yeah, cry, isn't
3: it? The, the scorer, really, in yeah. any really <laughs> amateur yeah. game.
7: Well, I think with
2: Dominic Cummings, he'd have just
7: made up a bowler's name. I don't think he'd have asked anyone
3: else.
7: Yeah. <laughs> that's your other thing, of course,
3: the satire. How's that going, the political satire? Is quite, well,
7: that's,
2: it's, it's been quite a strong on. period. I'd, I'd, imagine, yeah. I'd imagine that's going better than the cricket statistics. <laughs> <laughs>
7: yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've carried on with the, the Bugle podcast every week during, uh, during lockdown and... Uh, I mean, the news reached a point where it was quite static, and it felt I like was going over the same stuff over and over again. And it was, it has been hard at times to try and find new and not entirely pessimistic uh, angles on it. But I, I think, um, well, just in comedy in general, people have uh, been quite inventive in ways of trying to, you know, keep uh, keep an outlet for themselves and trying to keep, uh, you know, material going out to to uh, to comedy fans. But it, when you, the sort of sixth week in a row of of the virus being the only story in the world, it did start to grate a bit, and now we're you know, a couple of months on. So I'm just, sort of, you know, desperate. I mean, desperate for some. Sp- I mean, this is the thing. It, it, when when news is depressing, we turn to sport for our release yeah. from that. So to have depressing news and no sports, this has been it's been a horrific double whammy.
3: Talking of podcasts, your sister's voice is like a constant in my kitchen. My wife absolutely <laughs> loves her podcast. It's called Answer Me This. It's I think it's pretty famous, isn't it? And uh, she's been doing it for some time. And it's it's a, it's a bit of fun, I think.
7: Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's terrific, John. That's one of her many podcasts. <laughs> she's got um, oh right. Uh, a show called The Illusionist as well, which is a, a podcast all about linguistics that's been very successful over the last few years. Um, I mean, she basically can't look at anything. She's like the King Midas of podcasts. She just looks at something and it turns into 40 minutes of uh, downloadable audio.
2: That's good. Um, well, we're looking ahead to the wind. Is coming over. One or two of the boys don't fancy it, and that, that's their prerogative. But uh, of the, the, the boys that will come over to play England, quite interested in Rakeem Cornwall, Six foot six. Off, uh, I think he's an off-spinner. Uh, off-spinner. Yeah, I do because yes. they've he's got big, they've a... got
3: Suleiman Ben. He's also very tall. Yeah,
7: he's a big he's yeah, a he... big lad, isn't he, old wrecking? He is uh, absolutely enormous in every sense of uh, the word, and he's he's a very skillful bowler as well. He's yeah. had some success for. Uh, for West Indies, but he is certainly not uh, a, a classically shaped uh, 21st century hyper athlete as uh, many cricketers are these days. He's, uh, I guess, something of a something of a throwback. But he's uh, he's been pretty good for West Indies when he's uh, when he's uh, when he's played. And but I, I think the players who aren't coming, particularly uh, Hetmeyer and Bravo to uh, find a very yes. stylish batsman that uh, that could um, be quite a blow, uh, a blow for them.
3: I think it is a blow anyway. Hepmar is great to watch. But you understand how why they have these views. It's interesting. Somebody sent me, right in the beginning of lockdown, somebody sent me, a, a Lords are, are offering all these clips to their members. And this was a one-day international in 1972. I don't know if you've ever seen any of these. But talk about, it's not even the same sport. It's so different. <laughs> it's incredible.
7: Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it took one-day cricket quite a long time to really sort of carve its own... Style, um, and that was the very early days of international one-day, one-day cricket. And um, I mean, when the West Indies won the first World Cup in 1975, they'd, they'd played barely a handful of one-day internationals uh, before that. So yeah, 1972 was it was very early on, and it was basically just played as a shortened bit of a Test match. And if you went over. You know, you know, three and a half, four and over—that was considered almost uh, wantonly aggressive. And and we think of say so someone like Gordon <laughs> Greenwich, a great player for the West Indies through the from the sort of mid seventies right up till the, the early nineties. So you know, one of the most attacking opening batsmen there had been. But if, his one-day strike rate was around 65 per 100 balls. Um, and by comparison Alistair Cook, who in recent times was viewed not you know, not attacking enough for one day cricket, he was uh, you know over 75 between 75 and 80 I think it just shows the the way the game evolved that even attacking players in those early days didn't really score uh, that quickly by modern standards certainly.
2: I and mean, we've been wondering what, finally, what, what kind of club cricket's going to be like when it returns, what sort of world it will uh, return to. It is going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, there is a feeling that the fact that people can gather together and, and you can socially distance quite well in cricket, that, that maybe it should be coming back sooner rather than later at, at sort of club level.
7: Yeah, well, I think the government should make it compulsory for every person in this country to play <laughs> at least four cricket matches before the end of the summer. You know, it's to get the economy moving, <laughs> the sandwich industry, the tea industry. Yeah. The, it's a good the, idea. The table industry, as Dominic <laughs> Covers, get a little advertising deal with it. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it is, uh, you know, people are just, just, I guess, desperate for any form of normality. And, and there's there's something so therapeutic about standing in a field for hours on a summer's afternoon. I think uh, the world's... true. Obviously, one of the big challenges for cricket is going to be, uh, and all sports are having to deal with, a post-flobbing world. You know, no no saliva <laughs> on the ball. <laughs> football, I mean, if players not being allowed to spit. This is a huge... This is the biggest change to football since they invented the ball. And, uh, I mean, in cricket, uh, this is one thing that will be really interesting to see how... It affects swing bowlers, you know, the likes of you know Jimmy Anderson, Chris Works for England, you know, with with no spit on the ball. Um, bowlers will have to lower their expector- expectations. Expect oh, I forget which one. Expectations, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, it's. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, I mean it, the whole world of sport at the moment isn't this bizarre. Slightly fascinating, slightly queasy uh, state yeah. of unreality. But I think that just the, the technical side of it in cricket is probably uh, going to more, more, uh, more changed than in other sports.
2: Good stuff, Andy. So, just finally, I mean, I saw you did, earlier on this month. You did a kind of couple of online gigs. So, what else have you got coming up at the moment?
7: Uh, well, still doing the Bugle every week as a podcast. We've got a, another couple of live shows. In fact, we've got a Bugle live quiz a week on Saturday, and then another uh, live stream show a couple of weeks. Uh, a couple of weeks after that, but uh, like all stand-ups, I'm uh, so missing the days of an actual audience to uh, laugh yeah. or shout abuse at me.
2: Well, hopefully it won't be long now. Oh, the laughing, obviously, not the shouting abuse. <laughs> <laughs> they all
1: come together. Uh, cheers, Andy. We'll catch up with you soon. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Clips of the Week. Yes, slight change to the running
2: order. (coughs) We'll have a fresh batch of Clips of the Week for you tomorrow from uh, 3.30, of course, on the show. But as we were telling you the other day, some old mini-discs have uh, have emerged from 2003, 2006, that sort of era. And um, we're hearing these clips for the first time since 2006. Our producers put some little intros together for them. And uh, this was all built around the World Cup. Uh, in 2006 in Germany and uh, here they all go they're all World Cup related we start with Alan Brazil and Graham Beecroft on breakfast taking a call
4: and let's go uh, to Grimsby on the lines and Baz is there Baz very good morning Shall You welcome me to talk sport
1: morning morning, morning go on pal morning, Al.
3: morning. Baz go
7: on Oh, obviously,
3: it's that Grimsby Telecom again, and uh, honestly, <laughs> Grimsby <laughs> Telecom. Over <laughs> <What I've> <laughs> to Grimsby Telecom. A vintage Alan Mann in there wasn't it? But I'm just sure. I'm sure that was just a blip. So, Big Al and Beaky got straight onto another caller. Jason, Jason,
4: you're on Talksport morning. Morning.
5: Hi. Morning. Go
4: on, Jason.
5: Morning. Morning, Al. Go on, yes, I Morning. Jason. Yeah, morning, Al. <laughs>
3: That
2: Grimsby Telecom again Yeah, good old Grimsby Telecom Uh, This was all happening during the 2006 World Cup in Germany And here's Mickey Quinn having his say as England prepared to take on Portugal I think Scalari is vastly overrated as a coach Um, uh, You say he's overrated Yeah, he didn't didn't win anything with Brazil He won the
3: World Cup with Brazil Did he? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, apart from that Oh yeah, well of course, the World (laughs) Cup, yeah (laughs) And staying with Quinny,
2: some of the some of the so-called better uh, teams in inverted brackets. Inverted brackets, yeah, that would work. <laughs> if you've had your brackets inverted, of course England <laughs> lost that match against Portugal, and a clearly angry Mike Parry took a call after the
1: match. I do think they cheat, and I do, and I don't use that word lightly. I do think they. We should they boycott call James sard- sardines on. from now on. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Boycott sardines.
3: <laughs> we should have came on and asked him if he has since then boycotted sardines. We really will. And he wasn't he wasn't the only one unimpressed with this caller having his say on Sven's squad selection.
7: This thing about Theo Walcott to me was totally bizarre.
2: I mean he could have taken Les Dawson. Really I don't know about that? I mean, Les could have really done it in a World Cup, maybe a European Championship, but uh, not in a World Cup. Jason Cundy also had his say after England were knocked out, and I wonder if he'd been watching the game with Darren Goff. And I think that was one of the reasons also why that Rooney was
8: up there on his own, because you know what, what other choice did he have? He just had um, Crouch, and that was it. And you, like you said, Ho and I went Argreaves.
2: Argreaves. That's
3: not really a clip. I can't <laughs> read that going there. Back to Big Al now. Also talking about the game and comparing Wayne Rooney's red card to a similar one picked up by Germany's Torsten Frings. Yes, Torsten Frings.
4: Whether Rooney meant it or not, he could miss up to four
2: or five games, like the German who, who thumped uh, Fringe. Torsten Fringe, yeah, that's right. Fringe, yeah, it's, yeah. it's getting a lot longer in lockdown. <laughs> Here's a uh, fresh-faced Ian Abrahams live in the stadium at the World Cup, looking ahead to a Germany game. Today, big, big game. Who's going to be the big player for Germany today? I sing our oh, keeper Men.
4: Yeah, the Arsenal goalkeeper,
2: Jens Lehmann. Why?
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Teaching a <laughs> German how to say it, <laughs> say it, say it properly. What
3: is it about, some people sound very, uh, Mike sounds exactly the same, Mike Parry, yes. whereas Alan and, and Moose sound completely different, Sounds sound so much younger, it's amazing. I don't yeah. know what that is, but there you go. Of course, all attention then turn to the final, a classic as France played
1: Italy. Here's Mr Parry previewing the big game. I think you look at who the match winners could be, and I think Thierry Henry and Zinedan Zidane.
2: Not the first time people got that one wrong The first of many, exactly And for some reason back in those days We used to send Mr Parry to all the big events And here he is at the final Setting the scene pre-match
7: It's really building up now And we've got two great vocal Sets of horses, both dressed in blue In fact a bit earlier on I was trying to figure out Hang on, the French from Italian Then I saw a sign in Italian which said Made in Italy, so I presume they're the Italian fans
3: yeah, every chance I'd say. Great quality, wasn't it? <laughs> 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 Echoing Mr. Perry. Of course, all the headlines post-match were about Zidane's infamous headbutt. I'm sure that didn't pose any problems to our top team.
8: I'm sorry, but I wasn't wrong in his first interview since the World Cup final. Zinedine Zidane. Have you had
1: enough about Zidane? You know him.
8: <laughs>
2: it's, it's not that difficult, is it? Well, it catches them out. It's
3: the name that's caused the most problems
2: in Talksport history, I think. I think it is, yeah. But naturally, you can rely on one man in particular to have a unique take on the incident. Here's Big Owl.
1: When you think about it, it's unnatural. If you're going to butt someone, you don't butt them in the chest, do you? Oh, it's you go just for the old farmers, don't you? You what? do, yeah. <laughs> Good for
2: the what? The old farmers? Go for the old
1: farmers. I
2: mean, that's... In my rhyming slang circles, that is a very, very odd place to butt somebody. But, uh, <laughs> I'm so and finally, Andy. And finally, it's
3: Mike Parry asking a question to one of the tournament's organisers.
1: Yeah, I tell you what, your your job Marcus, what a challenge that's been for this tournament because as each World Cup goes past or goes by or or comes up to meet us the need for knowledge around the world gets greater and greater the world is hungrier every year because of the many different ways now in which knowledge can be dispersed through the internet and obviously worldwide television, satellite TV and I look at some of the uh, communications facilities at some of those grounds now I mean, you're almost talking about self-contained media empires in every ground
2: well, I, I do not understand
1: uh, really your question.
2: No, to be honest, mate, <laughs> neither did I.
1: <laughs> neither did he. Let's be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there
2: we are. There's um, some some clips from back in 2006 at the uh, World yeah. Cup. We'll have a fresh battle being well for you at 3.30 tomorrow. Can we squeeze in striker? I think we've just got time. Okay, so we should pick up where we left off uh, yesterday. Oh, As you're right. probably aware that um, Steve... Um, Barnes, the Lettersford town manager has been uh, taken uh, off the street by a couple of uh, masked hoodlums who've taken him to a, a pit basically to to do away with him and he's bricking it as you can understand well, but can he get himself out of this I would imagine he will <laughs> You hear me
8: too I ran as fast as the conditions would allow moving from side to side hoping that I would provide a more difficult target for the gunman my legs and lungs found new power, just as I'd often had to do when a big match went to extra time. There was a tremendous crack in a movement of air somewhere just above my head. The tall guy had fired the gun and missed. I continued to run crab-wise, sideways and upward. A second crack and a bullet struck the ground near to me. Then I reached one of the concrete chutes that takes and directs water down the side of the hill towards the reservoir below. I hurled myself against the concrete chute as if I was hurling myself low for a header towards goal. A third bullet struck the concrete. I did not hear a crack or an explosion but I saw briefly what the bullet did to the concrete. If it did that to a hard substance what might it do to human flesh? I threw myself bodily over the rim of the concrete chute. I was carried swiftly down by the power of the water. The concrete was hard on my head and body. I tried as best I could to keep my head held up. The last thing I needed now was to lose consciousness. Every single second was painful but it was a pain I could bear because every second in that cold force of water was taking me further and further from the range of the killers. Where the chute ends and the water goes into the reservoir there are steps. The purpose of these steps is to splash the water and put oxygen in it. This makes water fresher. There you go, didn't know that did you? There were eight steps. I did not actually count them, but I felt every single one. Breathless, bruised, my body hit the freezing water. I struck my head heavily on one of the steps. I went under the water and struggled to the surface again. I was in danger of drowning. There seemed little that could save me now. It was, as my mother often says, out of the frying pan, into the fire.
2: What, Ooh, a, what yes. an end to uh, chapter seven. <laughs>
3: what a... Whoa, the, the the concrete was... I thought that the concrete was hard on my head, and, but it was concrete, Yes, it? concrete, yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> I imagine it would <laughs> be. Run. So there he we said, are. Well,
3: yeah, he was running away from me, he said, and the tall guy fired. I think, well, how'd you know
2: that? Well, you turn around looking? <laughs> <laughs> he looked back. He had great, oh, great awareness. <laughs> the
1: Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I've got some
2: good news for you, though, Andy. It gives oh, me yeah, a chance great. To give you some good news. Mm. Not a problem Tommy will be struggling with just now, but boredness, yeah. Andy. I mean, you know, you keep yours short, but boredness is an issue for some men. And we heard from Mike Parry yesterday, didn't we, that uh, he thinks his hair is growing uh, thicker. Uh, he thinks it's something to do with the moon. But maybe he's got pet mice because uh, we learned today that scientists yes. have, gr- have grown hair on mice using uh, human stem cells. Some funny looking mice out there at the moment. It, will, it, it could cure baldness, apparently, they say. The hair sprouted on skin, grown in a lab and transplanted onto onto mice. I'm not sure I'm keen on this. Um, I think people just stay bald. It appeared on more than half the graphs. Dermatologists say the US study could lead to creation of a limitless supply of hair follicles, which can be transplanted to bald heads. So there we are. That's good.
3: I, d- I did a bit of a you last night. I watched the
2: whole of the
3: 1970 w- official World Cup film. Oh, yeah. uh and i made about two and a half pages of notes none of which i really can use <laughs> <laughs> what am i logging this for but it was the first ever yellow card you might be uh, delighted to know in that tournament in the first game that was the first time refs actually were able to sort of show that they were booking somebody the ref made a real pudding of it he went around like sort of showing it to everybody that with two hands that he was oh, sort of really? giving this year yeah 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 very right. proud of himself and he was very proud of himself. Uh, Benson and Hedges Gold were sponsoring the scoreboard with a big packet of fags on the scoreboard. That's fantastic. Yeah, times you get have that changed, yeah. Oh, they have, yeah. El Salvador, do you remember this? I'd forgot. I sort of remembered it when I watched it, but I'd forgotten about it. They, they were playing, who were they playing? Peru, that's right. They were playing Peru. Peru score, and, they, and El Salvador don't like the goal that's given. They think there's a foul in the build-up. They think it's a bit of an offside, ah. and they refuse to kick off. They just will not take the kick-off. And the ref's standing there remonstrating with him. And in the end, one of the blokes boots the ball into touch from the centre circle, and the ref blows for half-time. He goes, well, I've had enough of this, and that's it. Really? <laughs> did they come now. out
2: for the second half? I take it oh, that yeah. would have been oh, I out I the imagine,
3: Yeah, I'd imagine FIFA went and sort of... Threatened. Had a word, I mean, uh, yeah. and the uh, amazingly, it was, I mean, Tim was right. The England Brazil game was a fantastic game of football. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely. really was super. It was the two best teams in the world, and the referee you mentioned, Israel Klein, was uh yeah. Abraham Klein, rather, was yeah. um, refereeing the, the the game. And but amazingly, the official film doesn't show Jeff Astle's miss. Oh, really? You know, it's a big part of the narrative of the game. I don't know if it was edited by a member of the Astle family. <laughs> yeah. They really did yeah. Jeff a favour there, really, yeah. and. uh and finally, you've always said this, and I think you, you may have a point about this when I watch the whole of the final, It's Alberto, Yeah. Carlos Alberto's goal, you know, yeah. which everybody thinks is one of the greatest World Cup goals of all time. And you are right what you say. The Italians are beaten. They're absolutely out on their feet. And though you've it is up. lovely football, they have. And though it's lovely interchange, and interestingly, it was shot from the other side. So you don't normally see that, that oh. finish
2: you know, you normally see it from the TV side, so that I was see. good. And finally, Andy, do you have one more fact from the 1970
3: World Cup? <laughs> I don't know, because this is a bit like you've been doing these, with, like games from 74, yeah. and it's actually, it seems mad, but it's actually quite enjoyable. It's a mad yeah. process, but it's the same process that you use watching a game that took place last night, sort of thing. Sure. But, no, just finally, I noticed that the, the, <laughs> the ball went missing with two minutes to go. It went into the crowd, they refused to give it back, and they brought on a substitute ball. So, if you were the sort of person, you know, like one of these rich blokes that spent, like, you know, oh, I've bought the World Cup ball for a million quid from 1970 when Brazil beat Italy 4-1. Yeah. Think, actually, it, 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 that ball
2: was only in play for two minutes. You've been done. There you go. <laughs> Imagine the bloke, he just suddenly thought, oh, no. The bloke was just looking at it proudly on his shelf because he knew you were talking about the
1: 1970 (laughs) World Cup The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport.
2: There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We're back tomorrow from one. Thanks for listening.
1: You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport.
0: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact...